The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Our commitment is primarily to two groups of people. One is our players. Um, we have to serve them and do an amazing job having a platform for them to perform here. And then second to our fans. The Laker fans and Laker Nation is, is the greatest group of fans in sports. And we have an alliance and we have um, a level of expectation from them that we need to deliver on and meet. Um, the fans are what drives us to work hard. The fans are what drives us to win. We're not doing this for self-glory. We're doing it for our players and for our fan base. everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where as far as the Lakers Young Guns and new GM Rob Palinka are concerned, not only is the roof the ceiling, but the sky is the clouds, the flashes are the litness, and Kobe Bryant is the chewy tapioca goodness to your milk tea. So essentially, the balls of our franchise moving forward, still, for some reason. Ain't that right, Alan? <laughs> Darn right. Well, what a crazy kind of week it's been in Lakers land from continued strife up top with genie hit pieces and leaked stories to some actual good stuff happening on court with the Lakers playing some fun brand of basketball and really doing flash the progress correctly to obviously Rob Palinka's encouraging press conference today. And also we even got to see the Black Mamba once again. So hey, there you go. The Lakers are now 20-45, and 45, still the second worst in the NBA. They snapped an eight-game losing streak last night in pretty entertaining fashion against the Phoenix Suns in what can only be described as Tank Bowl 2017. And we'll get to our tank-slash-win-loss-loss-win. Are we Should we be happy? Are we winning? Are we actually losing? Thoughts in a second. But before we get to that, I wanted to let you guys know that tonight's show is sponsored by Audible.com. If you go to audibletrial.com slash almighty and sign up for a free 30-day trial, you will get a free audio download. So get your copy today. And yeah, thank you to audible.com for being our sponsor for the night. Also, Alan, if you can see what I'm wearing right now, what is it? Well... It looks soft, I can tell you that. At first I thought it was a bunch of cotton balls, but actually upon further inspection, it is a Flash the Progress shirt with Brandon Ingram showing off his freaky length. And, uh, you know, as as I look at this, 
I just feel the need to to touch it to see how yeah, soft it is. Oh, me, me. pinching the sleeve. Let's oh, the, let's see if the my. mic can pick up that. You feel that? You, you hear that? That you hear is that? tri blend cotton material, my friends. Tri as in three. Three types of softness blended into one, and this is what you get: a Brandon Ingram Flash the Progress Lakers Legacy Podcast shirt that you can win for free. So if you go on Twitter, follow our handle at Lakers Legacy Pod. Then quote our t-shirt contest tweet, which you can find on our timeline because I've been retweeting it every day, and use the hashtags itslitla and flash the progress. Then RT our pinned tweet of episode 112, which we have pinned at the very top of our timeline featuring Drew Hamlin. Then you instantly have one entry to our free t-shirt contest. And you can get this amazing wingspan Brandon Ingram flash the progress shirt or our It's Lit LA shirt as well. And the winner will get to choose his or her size, the style, which shirt they want, and we'll ship it directly to you. And then if you also want to get an extra entry and go above and beyond, please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Screenshot your review to us. Whether it's a review you've already done in the past or a review you just wrote, add it to us on Twitter and you will receive an additional entry to our t-shirt contest drawing. Deadline is on April 1st, so go ahead and do that. Speaking of Twitter, like I said, you can follow us at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because... The more you rate and review us, that is how many times Timothy Mozgov will continue to awkwardly point to his veins and indicate the presence of ice in there in celebration of his buddy D'Angelo's on-court exploits, all from the bench. So rate and review us. Uh, speaking of reviews, tonight we have Swaggy P to read our review of the night. Unfortunately, we learned that Swaggy was robbed this past weekend and lost about $500,000 in like valuables and items. So, you know, that's obviously terrible. And hopefully the cops catch the culprits and Swaggy didn't lose anything too personally valuable. With that said, <laughs> he's going to be reading tonight's review under this scenario. Uncle P, envision yourself randomly at a pawn shop and you're realizing that you see some of your stolen stuff being sold there and you're just confused. So, Uncle P, take it away. <laughs> Oh, man, why you gotta bring that up, man? I was like, you know, I was just kind of getting over it, and, uh, you know, I went over there, and I was like, I'm gonna buy some new stuff to replace this, man. You made me sad. All right, so uh, here, we, here we go from the pawn shop. You know where we at. All right, amazing Lakers podcast from Sir Wild 3. Sir Wild 3. Okay, I've been listening to these guys for a couple seasons now. And anyway, you know, they be doing an incredible job just like this shop. Be doing an incredible job of selling stuff. And, uh, you know, they cover Lakers news and gameplay. Uh, you know, these new-ish. I don't know ish mean like like the poo-poo, the new-ish, but whatever, you know. New-ish episodes. Uh, you know, they incorporate guest speakers. Uh, awesome as well. And uh, offer perspectives, you know, fantastically unique. Just like these items at this pawn shop ain't that unique though because some of them be mine um you know man amongst that blah 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 that's why i be hearing about all the robbery and theft you know my boy yasiel puig of the dodgers got robbed my boy d fish got robbed you know rob palinka whatever all right that we become accustomed to you know with uh daily espn dosages i need dosage of some drugs because i'll be sad right now uh, you know, highly recommend this podcast for any and all Laker fans, except for the fool that stole my stuff, man. All right, peace out. Fought on Trojans, yeah. Mosthated.com. What's up? Hey, Uncle Pete, thank you for that review. Hope you bought back some of your stuff from the pawn shop. So, yeah, please rate and review us on iTunes. With that said, let's just get right into the news of the day. No frills. The architect, Rob Palenka. How many times does this guy say, 
We're going to architect the future. Hashtag architect the future. And I've got to give it up to one of our followers at Dare Intellect who was like, hey, is that our new trust the process? You know, it might be because yeah. like I keep saying architect the future. So maybe architect the future, flash the progress. Rob. <laughs> okay, Alan. So obviously Rob Palinka, very different than Mitch Kupchak. He had his introductory press conference today. I guess what were your just initial reactions off the bat from Rob Palinka? Were you disappointed that he did not sound like Rob Lowe? He actually had a pretty low voice. <laughs> he wasn't like, hey guys, it's me, Rob. <laughs> and I am literally so excited to be here. <laughs> oh, forget that question. Um, yeah, what were your initial reactions? Just Rob Palika coming onto the stage and setting forth his vision for this franchise. One word, refreshing. He seemed to be extremely transparent. Uh, he's the type of guy I feel like almost anyone would want to spend time with, hang out, you know, grab a drink, and just chill with, basically. Uh, seems extremely personable. And, you know, in addition to talking about architecting the future, the other thing that really stood out to me was him saying, this is Lakers 2.0. Right. He said that a bunch of times, which is essentially saying... We're just rebooting this thing, and we're going to come at it from a new angle, a new direction, but we're also going to hold on to a lot of the classic Laker values. Um, so I felt like all of his answers, you know, were very general manager-ish, but at the same time, they had a good deal of depth where you could really get to know him as a person through the things he was saying, talking about his personal life with his family and his friendship with Kobe, Vanessa, etc., um, so yeah, that's what stood out to me. It was really refreshing to listen to him. What did you think about his visual analogies? Oh. Kobe <laughs> is like sugar that dissolves in coffee. 100% behind everything Laker, and he is in the DNA here. Kobe, sugar, dissolves, coffee, boom. <laughs> I really liked it, obviously. Um, that, and then uh, there was a North Star one the North as Star. well. Kobe is our North Star. He's our guiding light when we need to find our way, when we're feeling lost. We need to look to Kobe. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, Rob Plink is an interesting character. I will say he is very charismatic. It was definitely unlike Mitch. He likes to tell a lot of stories and anecdotes, which is really cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. And I know a lot of people probably may have been a little turned off by the flowery language and just kind of the fluff and all that stuff. But I will say I did listen to some of his, the rounds he made in the radio circuit and the other media outlets. And that's really when he delved more into the specifics of his plan. The press conference, I think everybody has to understand that the press conference is really like him going up to accept his Oscar pretty much. Mm -hmm. There's not going to be a lot of specifics or details involved. It's going to be a lot of just overarching, flowery, general, and vague yep, stuff. A lot of generalities, for sure. And, and you saw that because he was pretty much thanking Kobe Bryant, thanking his family, thanking Jeannie Buss, thanking Linda Rambis, you know, thanking all yeah. these people that got him to where he was at now. And you could tell it was coming from a pretty deep and personal place. At, at times, I thought, I was like, is he crying? Or like, what, yeah, yeah. What's going on? It's pretty emotional, you know? But like you said, I think just the personal, intimate level he brought to that press conference was, I think, kind of new, something we haven't had before. And the fact that he was open and okay to be that way, I think is a good thing because it just lends itself to this more open door policy, yeah. a lot more collaborative effort. And that's something he stressed even after that press conference where he was talking about how this is for the fans. 
We're going to open this up to the fans. I, I'm never going to shut myself off from anybody that wants to come up to me in the stands and say hi. If you want to give a suggestion, we're we're going to listen to everything, you know? Yeah. We're not closing our doors or anything. We're not going to be sitting up high on this high horse or this pedestal. We know that we're starting from the bottom. And if there's any way we can improve or, like, hear anything from anybody, we're going to take it into consideration. Yep. As yep. D'Angelo Russell would say, I'm going to definitely take that into consideration. <laughs> <laughs> so that part of it where Rob Palenka just laying it out there for everybody saying, look, we're still going to be talking about the Lakers as a proud franchise and, and the legacy of all that and what all of that means. I think there was one time where he said championship, like, five times in the first, like, minute. And, you know, people are going to say, ah, oh, not this again, you know, all this rhetoric and back to Lakers lore. He brought all that up, but in alignment with the fact that we're trying to pave our own way as well. You know, we're trying to do th- new things here. It's not about going back to the old so much and letting that dictate how we move forward, right? It's going back to the old to remember the greatness that we want to achieve again, but finding new and improved ways to get to that path. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. In terms of his openness, like so far in our lives, we've experienced Mitch Kupchak, who did good things for us, obviously. And we've experienced Jerry West. Now, you and I were very young, but I think most people know that Jerry West is a very private person and he's like borderline obsessive compulsive disorder and all these things like he really gets in his own head and Rob Palinka is definitely a new school type of person I mean he's only what 47 years old right yeah. you figure he played on those fab five teams with Jalen Rose Chris Webber Jawan Howard etc so of course his approach to life is going to be different than someone who is in their 60s or who is a baby boomer or even older than that like Jerry West you know this guy is like Gen X, basically. So naturally, the way he does things, him saying, you know, we're all going to come to the table together. We're all going to collaborate. We want to hear every single person's ideas in the room. It's not going to be these two guys go off, do their thing, and then bring it back to the rest of the organization. We want to hear from everyone. And like you alluded to, where, you know, if the fans have a suggestion, like, let's hear it. You never know. Like, there might be something that actually resonates. And it may not be like, you know, some people are going to hear that and say, ah, oh, that's ridiculous. Like, he's just saying that to appease people and be a, mm-hmm. a pleaser. It's like, no, if they hear one small idea, they're not saying, like, we're going to actually do whatever the fans right. suggested. That could lead to a series of different decisions. Like, 55 different things could happen as a result of hearing one thing. And because they have open ears and an open mindset, that could definitely transform an organization. It right. shows that they, they have humility, that they understand they aren't like some gods or right. whatever. So that's that's awesome to hear. I mean, you would want that on any team in right. any organization. And I think just the open-mindedness of it all is refreshing. Whereas, you know, Mitch Kupchak and Jim, they've had this position for quite a while now. Their position's for quite a while. So there's a lot more politics involved, a lot more red tape that you have to go around. We always heard about how secretive they they were, you know. Rob Palenka is going to leverage his relationships with other people, relationships with other GMs, players, etc., but also just leverage the fact that I'm doing this for the first time as well, and I'm here to learn. And it's not going to be a process where... I know exactly how things should work. It's just about taking all of these different suggestions and I guess in the process, finding himself as well in terms of how he's going to shake things out here. And I I like that transparency. He started off his press conference with just a bunch of stories, right? And I thought the most interesting one was him saying, 
sometimes to get to greatness, you have to make daring moves, right? And、mm -hmm. the example that he gave was Kobe Bryant pretty much demanding a trade. That's a pretty interesting parallel to bring up, considering that was a very bold move by Kobe Bryant. But he brought it back to Jerry Buss, right? Talking about how well this is how Jerry Buss responded to such a tactic, and he he admitted, look,、mm. when Kobe saw that the Lakers were just stuck in the mud, he made sure to do something about it. And Jerry Buss responded correctly in terms of being more aggressive, having them over to his house and saying, "Okay, what can we do about this?" Right? Yeah. There was a lot of intention involved. Yeah, I just like that he connected that story and just saying, "This is the time we're at now." You know? Yeah. We couldn't just sit on our hands and do the same thing over and over again and make slight changes here and there. Yeah, we got Luke Walton in one place, et cetera, et cetera. No, we need to make a more daring move and really do a one eighty swing. Yeah. One other thing I noticed with regards to the the Kobe and. And the Jerry Bus story of him demanding a trade, I really liked just in terms of his choice of words when he said, "You know, only as Kobe could do, he blank blank blank. Only、right. as Jerry Bus could possibly do, he blank blank blank." What that shows me is he really takes individuality and personal style into account. I would imagine if you were having a meeting with him, he would probably drop that phrase all the time. And what that shows me again is. He likes to empower others and say, you know, only as Julius Randle could do, he got three triple doubles as a second-year player or third-year player, and all these things like that. Like if I'm being spoken to and he tells me as only you could do, honestly, like that makes me feel freaking special. And again, that's part of the personal touch with him. That's him being personable and and connecting with guys and making them raising their self-esteem. And you know, I think a lot of people might have been <laughs> confused by just how many anecdotes he brought up, and just how some seemingly unrelated those anecdotes、mm. were. But I think what you should take away from it is this is someone who's not afraid to talk about his personal life, and、yeah. it should it should show you a little insight into how he's gonna be as a general manager moving forward. And、yeah. that's one that's gonna be personable, transparent. From the fact that he was bringing up stories about how close he was to Kobe Bryant and how yeah, Kobe、like、Bryant his kid. was his best friend, and how his kid got hurt, and the、yep. first people that came to his aid were. The Bryants, you、yep. know, the first people at the hospital who beat him to the hospital were the Bryants. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe people will say, "Oh, that's just pandering to the fan base that loves Kobe Bryant and the Lakers." You know, it might be, but at the same time, <laughs> I don't know. I guess like, what are your impressions? I mean, of course, like, yeah, like I'm generally a very optimistic person,、right. and I know when I'm communicating with people, I tend to tell a lot of personal stories and anecdotes as well、right. as a means of connecting. So.、Sure. You know, my personal taste is I love it,、mm -hmm. and it's not because I'm a homer or、um, I'm not able to see objectively in this moment. He seemed very sincere、um, when he was talking about all of those different、sure. stories, and that's just the way he is. That's who、right. he is as a person. So, for other people to criticize him and say that he's he's sucking up and all this stuff like that, or what does that have to do with anything? Why are we praising Kobe so much? Like he's some sort of deity. No star. I mean, whatever. Like, if that's how you feel about him, and you you're choosing to be skeptical and pessimistic, okay, like that's fine. But personally, I did not take it that way at all. Kobe is the morning dew that drops onto the leaf and then brings peace and serenity to this world. Didn't you know that? And who doesn't like morning dew? <laughs> and who doesn't like peace and serenity? Exactly. And who doesn't like the world? <laughs> Because, like Rob Palinka said. Kobe Bryant is to Mozart as 
Mozart is to Sebastian Bach and Michelangelo and Shakespeare. <laughs> and art and writing and music and, and basketball. And Banksy. <laughs> and Justin Bieber. I don't know. Like, he just covered every single like phase of art or something like that. But I thought that was funny. But yeah, you're right. I think what you should get away from these anecdotes and just Palenka being so open is that as opposed to Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak, who are very closed doors... We couldn't get a peep out of them. I think the image he's trying to portray to people is, hey, I'm someone that's very approachable. I'm very welcoming. And these are the types of relationships I have with people. Yes, it's Kobe Bryant. Obviously, it's Hayden. Yes, it's Jeannie Buss. Yes, it's Linda Rambis. But I treat everyone the same way. Just that close-knit connection. And I think... That's going to be a microcosm of what he hopes the front office looks like, right? Yeah, it's I'm leading be, by example. I'm going to be this close to Magic. I'm going to be this close to Gene. I'm going to be this close to Luke. We're pretty much going to be BFFs, and the communication is going to be very strong because of that. It's all going to stem from this best friendship, you know? Yeah. And I think that's really what he's trying to communicate with these random stories that seem seemingly unrelated, where it's like, okay, why are you telling us about you going to the hospital? Why are you telling us about how close you are to Genie Bus? It's like... Because that's no, what friends and family do. No, he's, illustra- <laughs> he's illustrating to everybody... This is what you can expect out of the front office. And what you're seeing right now from Jeannie and her brother, that's not going to last. You know, yeah, How if, many times they say the Lakers are a family? And so he's, he's representing that, even though just earlier this week we see all this crap about muckraking crap with Jeannie again and then Jim and all this stuff. Johnny, what's going on? If you notice, he never said Jim and Johnny's name. Nope. The entire press Every conference. Every other sibling he did, though. <laughs> he did. Even Jeannie, who showed up, by the way. Which, right. it's like, when was the last time anyone saw Jeannie bus at a Laker right. function? So I think really you can call it calculator or whatnot, but I think he came out there with the right message. In I don't terms think of, there's a need for him to calculate it because that's no, just who he right, is. No, it could exactly. come off that way and like it ends up working and you say, okay, sure. But I don't think he like sat down, right. you know, this morning. It's okay. Here's how I'm going to do this. Like, that's just him. Well, even if he did, I wouldn't blame him because it's the yeah. smart and right thing to do. Knowing that just earlier this week, people are like, how disconnected and how much turmoil is up there going on with that quote-unquote family right now where they're the face of the franchise but they're not even a real family and Rob Palinka comes in here and says hey we might may not be blood related but this is how I treat everybody as family and this is how we're going to operate as the Lakers moving forward and you just like to see everybody on the same page right that's the biggest thing everybody got Magic Johnson Rob Palinka on the same page Magic Johnson being humble saying Rob Palinka is teaching me about the CBA as we speak and I'm learning this guy is an ex at the CBA. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I found it refreshing as well. Obviously, a lot, of, there's a lot of flowery language. It was kind of fluff, all that stuff. But if you look, dig deeper between that and then understand, obviously, that this press conference was nothing more than him using it as a platform to thank people and just say, hey, we're going to be great. We're going to yep. make the Lakers great again. Yeah. You know? And then from there, if you listen to his post-press conference interviews, he did start delving into specifics in terms right. of what are we going to do if we lose our draft pick or keep our draft pick? Do you have different plans for both of those scenarios? And he was like, obviously, we would love to keep that draft pick, but we do have plans. And it started with Magic trading Lou for a first-round pick, you know? We're glad we have that in our back pocket. But also, he said, we're going to be very aggressive come draft, whether or not we keep that pick. If we keep, if we lose that top three pick, there are ways to get into the draft. Right. And so I was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, so, I mean, it's good that he's been saying all this time, we have quality young players, but we're also going to be aggressive. And if an opportunity presents itself to, like, I don't know, trade into the top ten, we might do that, Yeah. you know? Um, and then on top of it, he even hinted at some CBA moves. He, he emphasized the importance of free agency, which you'd say, okay, but Mitch and Jim kind of hamstrung us with those Mozgov and Dane contracts. How could we possibly be able to do anything in free agency? And does that mean we're going to start making more bad moves like that? 
what I got out of it, he even hinted that maybe with the new CBA that there might be an opportunity to stretch Mozgov and Dang and find creative ways to make things work, whether that's maybe we do have to move some players in order to free up cap space for another max. This summer, we do have space for one max. And if we so happen to maybe lure Paul George, Rob Palink is pretty much saying, we're going to be aggressive and we're going to find a way to make another slot. Yeah, and he didn't say why this is the case, but he did mention that movement and trades in the new CBA are actually easier for GMs than they are in the current CBA. Mm-hmm. Now, why that is, he didn't like break it down, but he emphasized it a couple times on a different radio show, right. saying, really with this new one, it's easier, us for, it's easier for us to make trades. If there's one guy you can trust in saying that, it's Rob Palenka who got Kobe Bryant his <laughs> $48 million two-year extension for right. that much and pretty much bamboozled Mitch Kupchak into giving him <laughs> that contract, right? So I'm very confident that if he's saying that, he knows something and he's probably already well-versed of in course, the new CBA before any of these other GMs. He's on the other side of the table. And why would he want to tell anybody, right? Yeah. Oh, it's going to be easier. Oh, wh- why? Why? Yeah. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you, you know? <laughs> so I that part in terms of, I think people were looking for more of that in the press conference, but sure. like why, you know? Yeah, like when he's getting up there and thanking people, like you said, for an Academy Award or something, you're not going to delve into that. You know, but hey, and this no is what was... a movie was about. <laughs> he's yeah. like, what? This is what went into me, my acting. <laughs> Okay, no, just thank the people. Right, and right. Leave. This is just about celebrating you getting the job. And then the press didn't exactly press him right. on specifics. They threw him a lot of softball. So right. it is what it is. Right. And when it came down to the actual interviews, he's saying stuff like, hey, the new CBA actually is going to be beneficial to us and I know how to work it. I'm, I've read up on it. I've read up on the last CBA, blah, blah, blah. So very smart guy. He's very slick. Yeah. The real test is going to be what we do to end this season, what happens in the draft free agency whether he really sticks to his word about really value valuing the young guys and really building around this core but i don't know i just have faith that regardless of what they do it's going to be a very well-informed decision you know not just one that's like oh i feel pressured to do this we better do this it's going to be a decision that funneled through a bunch of different minds to Mm -hmm. get to that point you know so i'm confident when that happens anytime that happens so do you have anything else you wanted to add on rob palinka no man i'm excited i think uh you know, he mentioned, and this is obviously um, something you hear all the time. Like he wants to be, a, he wants the Lakers to be a well-oiled machine, and you hear that all the time with reference to uh, the Spurs and, and like the New England Patriots and organizations like that. And of course, any smart GM would say that's what we want. But the fact that it seems like there's already so much synergy within mm-hmm. uh, this new Lakers brass. That's something that should be very encouraging for everybody. And like you said, we don't have to wait much longer to see what's going to happen. I mean, it's already the middle of March. Playoffs start in a month from now, and then we're going to hit the draft lottery, and there we go. So, um, yeah, we'll be able to see how things go very soon. Right. By the way, did you know, according to Rob Palenka, that uh, the New Testament is actually about Kobe Bryant? (laughs) uh... You didn't quote any scripture today with reference to that. He did quote scripture, which I like. He, he did. It's yeah, really did cool. Quote, yeah, I mean, again, and like that's just, and you know, some people may not like that, and that's fine, but it's just him being himself. That's yeah. all it is, you know. Grounded on some solid values, so yeah, that's cool. Yep. And he and Magic, they they see eye to eye in a lot of different ways. So, uh, I mean, he just seems very grateful and appreciative uh, for this opportunity. So yeah, for sure. So promising start to the Rob Palinka era. Uh, with that said, we will 
leave that right there and talk about the lit Suns game. And I try to go hard at every basket and uh, dunk all, dunk all the all the balls. All right. So as well as Rob Palinka's press conference went, the Lakers played just as amazingly the night before against the Suns, and they won 122 to 110. Just like almost like the Charlotte game, except t- this time they pulled out the win. Everyone played incredible. And even if it didn't necessarily show up in the stat line, I thought everybody showed some sort of flashes, some sort of shine from Randall hitting two threes mm-hmm. to Nance hitting a three himself. Had that crazy lob from Corey Brewer that was really nice, almost like a shack dunk where yeah. he like bended his knees and everything. He even had 13 and 8 to Zubots, massively outplaying Len and showing his full offensive repertoire of soft floaters, jump shots, and hook shots. Speaking of Zubots, by the way. Kevin Harlan, dude. It's like Oh, here we go, Zobots! It's like D'Angelo Russell drives a lane, kicks it out to the Zobots! Larry Bots in the Zobots! That oh, guy, dude. Man, I love Kevin Harlan. It's a high oh, on some Zubots! Dude. It's like, okay, I know this is a, a crap show. You know this game, this Lakers Suns game. So I gotta do anything just to Yo, get. Yo, someone up paid this. him to do that, dude. It's like, hey, when you say Zubats, you gotta yell. Well, it. Reggie Miller started it. He was like, man, he's got a great name. Did you ever? This is such a tangent, but whatever. <laughs> Shout out to Kevin Harlan. You're the best. Yeah. Did you hear that one call that he did? He was a, it was a football game. I feel it was like a Thursday night game. Some guy ran onto the field like a fan, mm-hmm. and he started doing yeah. the play by play when the security guards yes, were chasing. Like, yes. He's at the ten. He's at the twenty. And he just kept going he's got and his going. shirt off he's running right <laughs> he, between the eyes yeah, he's, he's a wild man he's going crazy and anyway so the Zubots thing just reminded me of that yeah so if we could have more <laughs> Kevin Harlan Zubots that would not be a bad thing but yeah so everybody played well obviously D'Angelo Russell Brandon Ingram but first before we get to the individual players I wanted to get your tank thoughts because some people were conflicted were you happy that we won were you sad that we essentially gained a full game on Phoenix, the team that's right behind us as the third worst team in the league at 21 and 44? Yeah, and also obviously we have to keep in mind the next team we play are the Sixers. So we win that game on Sunday and we're essentially back to tied with the Phoenix Suns. So I guess to ask you, were you conflicted at all the fact that we won or were you just so hyped that the Lakers were playing well that it was at the back of your head pretty much? I get caught up in the moment when they're playing well, Yeah, you know? Um, the only time I'm going to get upset about the Lakers outcome is if they're a good team and they're losing in the playoffs. If right. it's us battling for bottom feeder position, I'm sorry. I'm just not going to get worked up over that because in reality, what control do I have over this game sitting on my couch eating hot Cheetos? Right. Absolutely nothing. Now, obviously when we're winning, I do feel like I have some sort of control and I'm going to get worked up in this scenario though. Like what good does it do me to get upset? while we're playing well there's just way too much cognitive dissonance in my mind um and at the end of it did we gain a game yeah we did have we said man that game against the hornets was perfect because we actually played well but we lost at the same time blah 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 i mean i don't know man whatever emotionally it doesn't get me stirred up right i mean were this the last game of the season and it came down to that you know 
it might be a different story, right? We, we yeah, might be like yeah, cheering, yeah. but we might be gritting our teeth like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, go. Yeah, but, stop it, D'Angelo. But stop. No, <laughs> but we still have, what, like 18 games yeah. left, and we really don't know the outcome. Yeah, and someone will say, well, oh, well, aren't all games created equal? Does it really matter if it's now or if it's the last game? Okay, technically, no, it doesn't matter. But let's just be fans here yeah. and say, like, the sense of urgency is not here yet. So... I'm sorry. I'm going to enjoy the game when they're playing well. Take it for what it is, and let's just really hope that things work out later. And let's also pat ourselves on the back because we already accounted for this win in our last podcast. Yeah, we did. That's right. We did. So even <laughs> even accounting for that win, we, expected we, it. we still had them winning at most 24 games at the end of the season, right? right. So that's really... That's why I'm not as worried. We don't have any control over this. Yes, does it hurt the tank when we potentially also win on Sunday? Yes, but none of that, again, is set in stone, really. Dario Sarge has been balling out. They almost beat Portland. We might lose. Yeah. Um, and also, the odds difference of remaining in the top three between the number two and three spot is a 9% difference. Yeah. There's really not a difference. It's just 56% keep remaining in the top three if you're at the number two spot, and then it drops to 47%. Mm-hmm. So a 9% difference in getting all worked up and making your life miserable in the moment, you know? So it's like what do you what do you want them to do? You know, I think what it Who is Who else is, are you going to pl- I mean, I guess you could roll out what's the worst lineup possible? You could put Ennis out there, Nawaba, no. Dang, Robinson and Mozgov. No, I no, guess you could do that, right? But then shoot, there's literally no point in watching that game. No, you're and right. You're absolutely screwing all the players over. You can't evaluate anything if you're Rob Palinka and Magic Johnson and Luke Walton. So that's it. You know, I, I don't even think that's what it is. Fans know that we're not going to go to that level. I think. But if you really want to ensure losing, sure, but, that's what you would do. But we know and there's, that is never going to happen. That so is never going to happen. About it? I think what it is is really fans who look at other fans, other Lakers fans who are happy about the winning, and they're like, wait, hold on. Why are you happy about this? We should be tanking. You know, why are you happy? I just want to make sure we're focused here. I was like, focused on what tanking (laughs) is a personal construct that you've come to deal with in your own heart okay fine you're gonna be mad and upset that we're losing don't hold me to that as well you know what i mean that's really what tanking is it's like you're saying all right who's with me in this tank mentality if you're not with me then you're not thinking about the betterment of this stupid person of this team and it's like no that's that's not the case at all you know so we need to let that go let people root for the team if they want to root for the team. It doesn't mean that they're stupid for doing that. It's like they realize it's not in their control. There's nothing they can do about it. There's no amount of willpower <laughs> saying like, hey, lose, lose. I'm really sad if you if you keep winning. Please we'll yeah. lose. You know, that's not going to do anything. Right. It just makes you more miserable at the end of the game and you don't yep. know how to deal with yourself. So, yeah, to get mad at people for not being as mad as you that we just won a game is really strange. And Look at it like this. It's a win-win situation. <laughs> you win the game, we won the game. We lose, you the, lose game, the game, we win. We win maybe the lottery, maybe. <laughs> exactly. I think the only only times where I might be a little more conflicted is if... We win like five in a row all of a sudden. <laughs> no, I'm not even that, but let's say we do have a really sloppy game where it's just really ugly. None of the guys show any flashes, but we somehow stumble into a win. And That's I'm like, what I was thinking earlier. Nah, man, we shouldn't have won this game. We should have game. just lost. If you were going to play like crap, you should have just it's lost. It's just like a matter of two teams like outdumbing each other, and we just so happen to like be less dumb. Hey, man, it could happen Monday. It could, right? <laughs> so, I mean, that's the only time where I'll be conflicted. But the Suns game was just so good. There were yeah. so many oh, good yeah. plays that there's no way I'm going to end that game and be like, Ah, dang it, we didn't lose at the very last second like we no. should have. It should have been like Charlotte where we showed all these flashes and then stumbled at the end. It's like, dude, whatever. D'Angelo hit a clutch shot to seal that game, you know? Yeah. What more could you ask for? 
All right, so let's just get right into it. It was lit, obviously. Lit, lit, lit. lit. It was trill. It was flash the progress lit, everybody. Architect the future. Um, <laughs> Lakers 2.0. <laughs> play of the game, obviously. Brandon Ingram slam a jamma on Alex Len. He was at the three-point line, did his jab and slick head fake, and it's really his quick first step that really gets defenders. Quick first step and his long strides. Yeah. Um, faked someone out at the three-point line and then took it straight to Alex Len. Every time he extends his arms now, it's like a... Eight feet mm. above the rim, essentially, yeah. and he caught Len head on. He tried to dunk on him earlier in the first half as well, but right. he got he couldn't finish it. But he got fouled. Yeah. But that was like a precursor to that, where he was like, "Yo, I'm gonna take in, I'm gonna take it at you, no matter what, yeah. and I'm gonna be aggressive and intentional about all my drives." What do you think? About I, I heard in an interview recently this morning, actually, that uh, or it was an interview last night, but yeah. I heard this morning, and um, he basically said, "Yeah, I didn't realize like how long my mm-hmm. arms are." <laughs> the fact that I can take off from a lot further away from the basket than I thought and still just dump it in uh, is something that didn't hit me until now. So I guess I'm just going to start doing it. So again, that's just him figuring out his body in this moment. He's still, like Tommy pointed out today um, on our Facebook chat, that we basically have a college freshman on our team right now, referencing like Josh Jackson's age and everybody else and how old they are in this moment, how like Josh Jackson's older. He's like a year older. Than Brandon Ingram, right? Yeah. That's Mark- crazy. Markel Fultz is like, I think, four months older than him. <laughs> so yeah, Brandon Man. Ingram is like a college freshman. He's already doing these things in the NBA yeah. and mid-season realizing, hey, I'm tall, I'm lanky, and this really puts me at an advantage to even seven-footers, you know? Yeah. And I think after him saying those comments, you realize looking back on his struggles at the beginning of the season, you could totally see that. Mm-hmm. He just didn't know how big he was. Otherwise, it's like, dude, just shoot over that guy. Yeah. And it's not oh, even it's like not, so even, it's not times, even a dunking, yeah. it's not even a finishing thing. It's just on all aspects and all levels, from just raising up for a jump shot, being confident in that. And now that he's actually able to realize how long he is and employ his strength on people, it's it's night and day pretty much in terms of hey i don't have the strength yet i don't have the bulk but shoot my length is going to make up for that in the moment yeah and we've seen it happen it was such a fun game by brandon yeah. ingram i think he has a lot more athleticism than most people would give him credit yeah. for too you know like he's got to get up there yes he's very long but i mean he's jumping from really far away from the basket you yeah. know, and he's he's got that hang time in the paint, too. That little extra, you know, something as he gets to the very top. Well, also, someone made this point, too. Earlier on in the season, he was dunking off two feet for dunks. Now mm. he's just straight lifting off one foot, yeah. and he's like, here I come. Yeah, right. Um, it kind of scares me a little bit because you're like, he's still super frail, but the fact that he has That's this... a long fall if somebody <laughs> hits you, man. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> but the fact that he has this mentality and you just sync it up by next season with more bulk yeah. and strength, I mean, he could, like Tommy said before... It took Giannis like a good two or three years to get to this super dunking, like can't stop me in the lane kind of Giannis. Yep. And you could see Brandon Ingram essentially following that same trajectory. Um, Brandon had 14.6 rebounds, three assists, one steal, two blocks. Uh, Still got to work on that free throw percentage and free throw shooting. Four for eight. Uh, Didn't hit a three. He did hit a really nice pull-up jump shot, though, with a defender in his face. Uh, He played 40 minutes and... Yeah, overall last night, he also had that sequence where he got the rebound, took it straight down the free throw line, spun against Jared Dudley into the layup, and it was very, yeah, people didn't see it coming, Jared Dudley didn't see it coming, he took it coast to coast pretty much, and you know, that's the type of versatility Brandon Ingram has, and 
just I mean, that's another example of length, right? Mm-hmm. Long strides, long dribbles, long extension to the basket to get the lay-in. Um, it's just been really fun to see Brandon Ingram respond from that zero for two, zero point game against Boston, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like ever since the All-Star break, pretty much, we've had at least one amazing athletic feat from Brandon Ingram. Per game. Per game. And yep. uh, it's been really fun to see him just gain more and more confidence in that respect and uh, really have it translate on the court. Um, do you have anything else on Ingram? No, nah, just uh, want to keep seeing those flashes. Want to keep seeing those flashes, indeed. And he also had that really good uh, cut into the lane where D'Angelo found him from the bounce yeah, that pass. that was nice. And that was a real sharp cut, too. Yeah. You know, he really got the defender off balance and just wide open. I really like that two-man game between D'Angelo and Yeah, yeah, it definitely shows they're developing some chemistry now that they've both uh, been in the starting unit together for a while. Yep, exactly. And speaking of D'Angelo, perfect segue. I mean, D'Angelo Russell, the leader. He was amazing against the Suns. We, I kind of called it. I was like, hey, he's tired of hearing all about Devin Booker. He's going to have a D'Angelo Russell type of game. And what do you know? 28 points, 3 assists. Should have been more like 5 to 7 assists as yeah, usual. Yep. He was hot from the 3-point line. But really, he just showed off like... How many turnovers? Zero. Zero donut. And he just showed off the full repertoire, full array of shots that he had. And guess what? Guess who was guarding him, guys? It wasn't some stiff. It was freaking Eric Bledsoe and yeah. Devin Booker. And Devin Booker's not even that great defensively, but people like to think he is. But <laughs> but those are not... Like, Eric Bledsoe is definitely not a stiff. He's a, he's a he's tough defender. He's LeBron, dude. He is. Yeah. And D'Angelo had a post move against him, backing him down, then spun against him and, like, hit a bank shot against Eric Bledsoe. So from pull-up jump shots to threes to driving in in the lane... Uh, D'Angelo Russell did everything last night, showed he was a real floor general and leader, and like I said, hit that clutch three-point shot at the end there. The weird thing is he missed. He needs to work on his uh, floater a little bit. He always leaves it on the rim a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of all these chippies. Um, Just touch. Yeah, He's exactly. He's got to practice with the broomsticks, you know, coming at it. Right, right. Float it over the top of the defender's arm. But outside of that, I thought he played a, a pretty perfect game in yeah. terms of finding his shot first and then playmaking and finding his teammates. I guess the the one thing that I'm annoyed by is it seems like, and this goes back to the division regarding D'Angelo Russell again, I feel like there are just a contingent amongst Lakers fans that just hate this guy, yeah. like detest him mm-hmm. for some strange reason. Whether Trade it's him. Trade like, him tomorrow. Exactly. Trade him for anybody. Whether it's because he wasn't their guy from the start, he didn't see him, they didn't see him coming, they didn't research about him in college. He could have Porzingis. Yeah. Not even present, but like Okafor, like, whatever, now. right? Or they just really disliked his attitude, Too immaturity, cool yeah. disliked the snitch crap. You know, he's a snitch. Yeah. You know, Snapchat stupidity. But there are literally a contingent of Lakers fans who want to see the downfall of this kid. This kid's 21 years old. And it's not even about, like, preference anymore, right? Or, like, I don't really like his game. There yeah. are some people who are like, I hate this guy. I don't want him to succeed. I want to see him fail. So even to the point where anything positive he does... Those those contingent of fans will have to qualify it by, oh, he only blows up against trash teams. He only gets points in garbage <laughs> time when it doesn't count. Uh, he only I know he what only, you're talking about. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, he only scores these points against like b- really bad defenders like Jameer Nelson or yeah. the Brooklyn Nets. What the heck? And then once he slowly proves all those statements false, the D'Lo haters will, will move on to something new to knock him on. They'll, then they'll go to, oh, but look at his press conference. He's so immature. He doesn't know how to handle the media. He's so cocky. And then from there, oh, but look at his work ethic. He's not working hard enough. 
they just move on to the next thing and every step of the way D'Angelo has to prove them wrong and then they find a new narrative to attach themselves to so it seems like we can't stick to one narrative regarding D'Angelo Russell first it was like okay he's not putting up the stats right okay fine it's been proven when he gets the minutes he puts the stats up in his sleep once he finally gets the stats then people focus on okay I test he looks lazy he doesn't look like he's trying Okay, he finally shows that he's playing hard, you know. He's been engaged since the All-Star break. Okay, now that he's proved that, okay, let's move on to how he handles himself in interviews and how immature he is, blah, blah, blah. So I'm just getting sick and tired of it because he's 21 years old. Obviously, he does have some immaturity issues to work on. That's fine. But you actually also see him trying to grow as a person, as a player. He's taking on initiative. He's talking to his teammates. He's trying to be a better teammate. And we've seen that on the He's court. He's become our de facto closer at this point. Absolutely. Right now, <laughs> Whether he makes a shot or whether he misses them, he's, you know, taking that upon himself yeah. at this point. And you got to give him credit. And, hey, look, it worked out last night. So take it at face value and be happy for the guy when he succeeds because he's on the Lakers. I don't know why you'd want him to fail. Right. And, you know, everybody's, like, going crazy and lauding Brandon Ingram for good reason. But there's no way we would have closed that game out if D'Angelo Russell wasn't there. And he, look, he only made one three in the clutch or whatever. But there's like Brandon Ingram cannot take over a game offensively the way D'Angelo Russell can because all the things D'Angelo Russell did off the pick and roll, pulling up from three, getting hot from three, driving yeah. it into the lane, <laughs> finding teammates for crisp bounce passes or shots at the perimeter, posting up players, you know, I mean... D'Angelo Russell can do all of these things, and he hasn't even hit his peak yet, you know? So far, this is actually his probably longest sustained stretch of um, really good play. That's right? true, yeah. So we've already seen much improvement on that end. When he gets the minutes, D'Angelo Russell has objectively been great. Since Lou Will has been traded, D'Angelo's averaged 22-plus points, 5-plus assists, 3 steals on 46% shooting, 38% from 3. Seven games, right? That's amazing. Yeah. That's a decent sample size at this point. Oh, yeah, totally. You'll take that. It's not three-game stretch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, actually, out of all his games this year where he's averaged at least 32 minutes, mm-hmm. this is 15 games. 21 points, 6 assists, 4.6 rebounds, 2 steals, 42% from the field, 38% from wow. 3. Can you imagine if he was getting the <laughs> amount of minutes yeah, yeah, Brandon Ingram gets? Yeah, 25 minutes for the longest time. Right. So, And this is just 32 yeah. minutes, right? So right, per 36, right. that's even oh, yeah. higher. And people at the beginning of the season were like, oh, per 36 doesn't really matter that much. Well, D'Angelo's actually outpacing and outplaying his per 36 numbers. Yeah. Because he's just so effective. He gets these numbers in his sleep. And you can only imagine, well, once he's more engaged in everything, who knows how, how good this guy could be. And the way that... Luke Walton's been playing Brandon Ingram. Imagine if D'Angelo got the 35 to 40 minutes that Brandon Ingram typically gets. Yeah, not only would his numbers improve, but any more minutes spent playing are going to help you to improve. You know, so it's like not to have this hindsight 2020 or like regret or whatever, but imagine if he had dozens and dozens of more minutes logged at this point, how much better he would be just when it comes to decision making and recognizing different, you know, opportunities in the game and that sort of thing. So at this point, it's over, it's done, whatever. But uh, yeah, we we can't ignore what he's done post All Star break, post Lou Williams. Yeah, totally. So, you know, props to D'Angelo Russell for another phenomenal game. Finally against Devin Booker, really showed him <laughs> up. He had a sh- several shots against Devin Booker, actually, and was really playing around with some of the Suns defenders. And look, like we said, they're a trash team. They're not great defensively, but he's been consistent since the Louisville trade. He's been consistent since uh, the All-Star break. And 
I'm just really excited to see how he closes the season out and continues to gel with uh, Brandon Ingram especially. Uh, the other guy I want to talk about was obviously, as Kevin Harlan says, Zubats! <laughs> if it's a Zubats, I mean, this kid, he had a career-high 14 points, right? Yep. In only 16 minutes. Shoot, man. Uh, two blocks, three rebounds. Man, he did he make Alex Len look like a stiff or, or what, man? Um, just the touch, the soft jump shot, these guys know on the pick and roll, all they have to do to get an assist is find Zubats. Oh, and he yeah. will finish it from five feet, from eight feet, on the baseline, you know, top of the key. Pick it doesn't pop. matter. Pick yeah. and pop. R- you know, rim running, too. That's another thing. Like, yeah. Reggie Miller pointed it out so many times. Like, look at how Zubats runs the floor. He's one of the few bigs in this league at this point that actually posts up deep in the paint right under his own basket. And he gets found every single time, whereas most big guys trying to spot up behind the three now as a first resort or like they're on the elbow or something so i mean that's credit to zubats and all his coaches playing professionally in europe and all the fundamentals and the basics and things like that because it's it's working very effectively at the nba level yeah so yeah i was really impressed again by zubats magic (laughs) did you yeah did you see when larry nance pushed him on an and one and Zubots thought it was someone from the Suns for sure. Because he <laughs> shot this look like, what the F? And then he realized it was Larry. And then he smiled. That's but, dude, cool. it looked like he was about to shove back because he didn't know it was Nance. <laughs> well, those two have definitely been are, are pretty rough on the bench with each other. Oh, it, yeah. It's, it's hilarious. They, yeah. they keep doing like the where they jump into the air and bump <laughs> yep, each other. Yep, it's, yep. it's pretty funny. Somebody got to turn an ankle. At some point, you got to chill out. Exactly. <laughs> And those two, for sure, played amazing. Larry Nance obviously had 13 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists. He was showing off his mid-range game, hit a 3-pointer. Like I said, did that crazy Shaq dunk lob where he really extended and then crouched his body and, like, bended his knees and kind of hung on the rim a little bit. That was kind of cool to see because usually you just see these refined dunks by Larry Nance that yeah. are just kind of soft. Or He's whatever. a refined guy. Yeah, he is. He totally <laughs> is. So, you know, stepbrothers right there, those two. <laughs> <laughs> Are we best friends? Dude, dude, someone is is there a meme of that yet? There should of be. Like, I should oh, make one. Uh, oh, should, uh, nobody do it. Nobody do it. Edit that out. Step brothers. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, I'll do it tonight. <laughs> so yeah, outside of that, Jordan Clarkson, another solid game. Nineteen points, two rebounds, three assists, two steals. Was just very energetic, um, continuing to flash his change of speed burst. Use that to his advantage. He only was one for six from three, but that's okay. Um, actually, shot's since been kind of flat recently. It has know. been. Maybe yeah. his legs are kind of, kind of feeling it right now. Yeah, but that's fine. You know, ever since the Lou Will trade, Jordan Clarkson, even though he hasn't played amazingly, is still averaging 17 points, three assists, three rebounds. I think he's second in the league in bench scoring post All Star break. Yeah. yeah, as a six man. Oh yeah, you're not going to want 17 three and three. Could he be better decision-making-wise and playmaking-wise? Yes, of course. He dribbles the ball too much still. Still trying to find his own shot. But I have seen a more concerted effort, especially, more when, Z- especially when Zubats is on the court, mm. to find him and find those guys. So, And I just like the change of pace that Jordan Clarkson brings to the game where when he enters, it's like fast, zoom, zoom, crazy layups in the lane. You know, These are stuff that D'Angelo can't do because he can't finish as well as Jordan Clarkson, but Jordan Clarkson adds that dynamic to the team, which I really like. Keeps the defense on edge, puts pressure on the other team's D by being able to drive into the lane. And last night he got to the free throw line a couple times as well. So pretty solid game by Jordan Clarkson too. Um, I like the fact that... I like the way Luke Walton has been handling Swaggy P's minutes as well. Mm. If you notice, he only had 14 14 minutes. Yeah. And 
I think at this point it makes sense, right? If Swaggy P is super hot and he's being that great safety valve to D'Angelo Russell by hitting open threes, then maybe it'll creep up to 23 to 25 minutes. If he's not, then yeah. Luke Walton knows, okay, developmental time for the other guys. We don't need to see any more of you. 14 minutes cap. you know, oh, yeah. And that's Definitely. the way he should play it. Get Unless, him in there as a breather for yeah. the other guys if he's not feeling it. Unless he makes it so obviously clear you can't take me out, then... Then that's fine. Yeah. Then yeah. reserve those other minutes for Jordan Clarkson, Noaba, Corey Brewer, and Again, those guys we see when they come in in their limited minutes, just the energy that they provide. Right? Yeah, because if he's playing well, I mean, that's going to help D'Angelo to play better because he's going to be able to find him when he's hot. You right. know, So it's teaching D'Angelo something like that despite taking away minutes from some other guy. It still helps the team as a whole. Exactly. And David Nwaba had two blocks again and had a really Dude. nice dunk, a very athletic-looking two-handed yeah. dunk. I love that <clears throat> that block shot he had in the corner three mm. where he closed out hard. <clears throat> excuse me. And he just, like, exploded in the air. And it was one of those, like, oh, God, like, don't close out like that, dude. Yeah. You just got to stay on the ground and stay tall. But it worked out due to his athleticism. So, yep. yeah, I love the fact that, you know, David Nwaba got his chance right there. And, um, you know, Tyler Ennis, did, who was a DNP yeah, that's okay. CD yesterday, yeah. and I mean, when you got Nawaba out there playing so well, it is what it is. Exactly. And, you know, Julius Randle had a solid game as well. He had 14 points, no, sorry, 13 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, obviously hit 2 threes, and that's an encouraging sign because the more he can continue to show confidence from that range, the better. Um, <laughs> when you said the more he can, it reminded me of our uh, rate us and review us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the more he can hit these threes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he had a solid game as well. Um, I think it's just about him continuing to find other ways when his shot is not falling yeah. to contribute and help the team out. And he did so, again, with four assists. He, obviously, the last game, he had a triple-double, 13 points, 18 rebounds, 10, 10 assists. So yeah. that was impressive. He was He was a bull last night. He's just gotta keep that up for at least like you know 80 yeah. percent of the game until his conditioning is just at a freakish place yeah. where he can play with that energy for the entire game it's just like tommy has said we've all said that he just fades in and out so many times he'll take defensive possessions off and then all of a sudden he'll go crazy and i can only imagine as a coach how difficult it must be to roll with him on certain nights and then bench him other nights when he's just not bringing it right so um whether it's pacing himself or being as consistent as possible mentally um again we we see him have some really great stretches here and there hopefully he can uh just continue to improve in that speaking of him being a bull there was that one play last night where he got like three offensive rebounds exactly. that's and exactly kept what i was going of. up and up and he was he like banged his chest too. he was like ah yeah he's like, ah, ah, freaking beast ah. let me just throw it six feet above the basket hope yeah. it drops down <laughs> so much touch no, but that was good by, yeah, by Julius Randle, letting his, letting his frustration out. Up until that point, he wasn't playing well. He couldn't finish. He wasn't hitting his jump shots or whatever. So he was I think like, it's good when he kind of shows a little bit of emotion. Right, I yeah. feel like he bottles it up sometimes, and he just internally gets frustrated, and it's not good for him to do that. Totally. Yeah. So, you know, props to Julius for continuing to bring the energy. Um, hopefully that jump shot and maybe three-point range will help open up his game a lot more. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Last night was the perfect Flash the Progress game and a perfect precursor to the Rob Palinka era, Rob Palinka introduction. 
Um, they referenced it like five times today during the press conference. Yeah, no, totally. As, <laughs> the as guys are probably like breathing a sigh of relief. Whew, thank God, they noticed. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine if we, we had total, well for you guys? Can you imagine if like we had lost by twenty and Rob Polinka's like, hey, our young guys are pretty good, good. showing some potential. Remember that one know? game a couple months ago? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So every kind, everything kind of perfectly synced up for. Just got to follow North Star, man. Kobe's like more like Death Star. <laughs> Um, but I'm looking forward to more Rob Palenka um, idioms, right? Oh. Palenka idioms. Give, give us more, Palenka, please. <laughs> Dissolving sugar. Palenkiums. <laughs> please, more. I really like the sugar allergies. one. That's awesome. It's, like, so abstract. I'm it's like, really good. Because people say the oil and the water thing, how the two things, you know, can't, whatever, all that stuff. This is the, complete op- this is the antithesis of oil and water. Right, totally. We need to come up with our own analogy for, like, what Rob Palenka is. To He's a Michigan man. Smart guy. Obviously, we're having fun. We're excited about this new direction. It's lit. It's lit, man. Architect Feeling of the future. <laughs> Rob Palinka is the dark roast Arabica bean in your morning coffee. What? Reviving you and keeping you woke, everybody. Stay woke. Stay woke. Jaden Smith. <laughs> Jaden Smith, dude. <laughs> Speaking of Jaden Smith. Holy crap, that video is amazing. If anybody has no idea what I'm talking about, look up Jaden Smith, his Vanity Fair interview. That, I mean, at, at points, I'm sure people were, were thinking that this Rob Palinka interview was kind of like that, you know, channeling some Bill Walton, Jaden Smith type <laughs> crap where, like, did you know on Jupiter it rains diamonds? And it's like, <laughs> sharks lived longer than trees. Hmm. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Which Laker would be BFFs with Jaden Smith? Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, it's got to be Jordan Clarkson, got to be Nick Young. Yeah, well. Meta was predictable. Oh, oh my god, you're right, stuff. you're right, you're right. Meta for sure. Meta, he Meta would debate with him and yeah. say more outlandish things. I think Jaden would be like, oh man, this guy's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> when I think about Bark, I'm like, mathematics. It's like, what, <laughs> it's like, what, are, you, what are you talking about, dude? But yeah, Rob Palinka, Jaden Smith, we gotta get those two together in one room and they just come out with more idioms and phrases and hashtags and that's how it's gonna be moving more, forward. More Palinkiums. More Palinkiums, please, so... There we go. Um, with that said, I think we're going to end it right there. We're already off the rails. We have been for quite some time now. Once again... got to come to expect it. Yeah, I know. You're going you're to find five minutes of that every episode. Just just enjoy it. Embrace it. That's why you it. love us. I think. Hopefully. Um, Love-hate relationship. We'll exactly. take it either way. For sure. So, yeah. Once again, Twitter t-shirt contest. Still wearing this Brandon Ingram seven foot three wingspan it looks even softer it looks even softer now than when we started somehow right yeah it's amazing so yes please go on our twitter timeline look for the it's lit la flash the progress contest tweet quote that use our hashtags rt episode 112 and you will have an entry also obviously please rate and review us on itunes also follow us on twitter at lakers legacy pod the more you rate and review us the more times Rob Palinka will say the word architect in his next interview. I think it's my favorite word that he says. Yeah, you wouldn't think architect usually isn't used as a verb, but he uses it a lot. Now we're going to architect this thing. We're going to architect the hell out of this thing. It's like, what? Yeah, I was architecting yesterday and. Got to architect harder. It's like, what? I didn't architect enough this morning. Architect the progress. All right, cool. That said, thank you guys for listening. Catch us next time. I don't really know how to end this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> <Zubats>! <laughs>
Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi! Did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi! You have high cholesterol! Hi! You're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi! There's no more pain! Yeah, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.